0: Yes, let's, let's look at chapter 13 of Numbers. The spies explore Canaan. The book of Numbers, chapter 13. Yes, we, we're seeing there in an alien land. The wilderness was an alien land and they were going through it like we are going through this world. So Numbers, chapter 13. I think we'll read the whole chapter. We can cut some bits out as we go along, perhaps. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. And then we have a list uh, right through until verse 15 of the names of the people. They, they chose one from every one from every tribe. So it doesn't take much to work out that there were 12 of them. There were two in particular. There was a man called Caleb. If you look at verse 6 of the tribe of Judah, one of the chief tribes, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh. And then also later on you'll see that there was a man called Joshua. He wasn't called Joshua then, it was Oshea in verse 8 of the tribe of Ephraim, Oshea the son of Nun. And then we go on to verse 16. And these are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land. And Moses called Oshea the son of Nun Joshua. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan, and said unto them, Get you up this way southward, and go up into the mountain, and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many. And what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities there be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds. And what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be of good courage, and bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe grapes. And so they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin unto Rehob, as men come to Hamath. And they ascended up by the south and came unto Hebron, where Ahaman, Sheshai, and Talmai, the children of Anak, were. Now, Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. It was a very ancient town. And they came unto the brook of Eschol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they buried between two upon a staff. And they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. And the place was called the brook Eshcol. Because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after forty days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land and they told him and said we came unto the land whether they thou sentest us and surely it flows with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to spy it out, is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants and we we were in our sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. And just that's what we'll read today. The story does go on into the next chapter, but I think we've enough to, to go on with there. You know, when we're studying the, the stories and uh, events in the Bible, I think it's important that we sometimes look back into see what happened beforehand, because sometimes the events are not exactly as they perhaps appear to be at first hand. Here we have the Lord speaking to Moses and giving instructions and he gave the instructions in verse 2 he said send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan. And so Moses decided that he would obey this command and get the people out to look over the land of Canaan. On the face of it, it seems a very practical idea, doesn't it? If you're going to attack a country, it's a good idea to get, perhaps get spies in there for a while to suss out the opposition, as they say, and to find out the, the correct strategy to, to go and attack that land. And to go into the land of Canaan here. And in God says in uh, chapter 2, he says... The land which I give unto the children of Israel. That's an important thing. God said I'm going to give this land to the children of Israel. And so 12 men were chosen. One from every tribe. Every man a ruler of that particular tribe. So there were important men. These men that were sent out. they weren't just any old person from the tribe. There were men who were rulers. They were important. They were respected. Because they had a responsible job to do. The future of Israel depended on what these men found in the land of Canaan. And in verse 3, Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. And then, as I said, there followed a list of all these people. And you know, we have in the past looked at the meanings of some of the names of people that were involved in in this uh, Children of Israel when important tasks were, were given. And, and also the names of some of these men gave a significance to their, to their name. The first man there, Shamo, his, his name meant renowned. He was respected, he was a renowned man. Another one, Shaphath, meant judged. He was a man who, who, who would judge up a situation and presumably give a correct meaning to the whole thing. And then Caleb's name meant dog or dogged, and he was he was a good man too, and so on. But unfortunately, most of their names, who who would have given thee a feeling that they were men that you could have trusted, they didn't really live up to their names in this particular sa- circumstances. Joshua, his name was Oshia, but he was given a new name by Moses. He said, "You're going to be called Joshua now," and his name meant salvation, salvation of the Lord. Same name, Joshua, is the same name as Jesus. And we know that Joshua was a type of Christ because he he brought the people from the the wilderness into the land of Canaan. It means salvation is of the Lord. And uh, in Hebrews 4 verse 8, we see that Joshua was, certain aspects of Joshua's life showed aspects of what the Lord Jesus Christ was going to do for his people. But sadly, we shall see, except for two of these men, The other ten failed miserably. Miserably. Well, in verses 17 to 20, he gives their final instructions as to where they should go and to find out whether the land was a good land or whether it was a land which flowed with milk and honey, whether the inhabitants lived in tents or whether they were in walled cities, whether we were going to be able to attack and overcome them. He gave them all their instructions. And in verse 21, it says, so they went up and they searched the land. They walked through it, they probably kept in small groups maybe just in twos and they went throughout the whole land because if they'd gone in just 12 of them all together it would have been a bit silly they would have been noticed fairly well but they went in small groups presumably out throughout the whole land and they returned after 40 days 40 days, 40 in scripture is a time of testing you know, all the things that happened in 40s you know, Israel were in the wilderness for 40, 40 years. Jesus was tempted 40 days. And, and Moses was 40 years before he went back to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. So they, they were there for 40 days. And they had sussed out everything that was in the land. And they came to a place while they were there, a place called Eshcol. or well they named it Eshcol after that. And they found this bunch of grapes. And they cut down the branch and they carried this amazing cluster of grapes on the staff between two of them and they all arrived back with these men carrying these grapes others brought in pomegranates others brought in figs and they came and you can imagine this as, as they arrived back at the camp all of them arrived back safely that was a good thing. Spying is a very dangerous occupation and all Israel were waiting patiently, anxiously. Because their future depended on whether they were going to the promised land or not. The report that these men were going to bring back was a very important thing. And they were waiting there with bated breath they, to see what these men were going to say. And it was to look good when they saw these grapes coming. Two men having to carry this big cluster of grapes. All the pomegranates and all these beautiful figs must have thought this is it this is is going to be good and they started to give their, their, their report they returned from searching the land after 40 days and in verse 26 they went and came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel and they brought back word and they told him and said we came unto the land that thou sent us to and you know it is. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's it's just as you said. It's flowing with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of the land. Look at these grapes. Look at these pomegranates. Look at these beautiful figs. Try them. You can imagine Moses in there and try and come with some of the grapes, can't you? And but then it says, nevertheless, nevertheless. The people be strong that dwell in the land. Nevertheless. You know, we've all met nevertheless people, haven't we? You know, how I think, everything's great. Oh, nevertheless, things are bad. People who always seem to be looking on the downside of things. Nevertheless. The same type of people who say, in my humble opinion, you know, they're the same group of people. They're, they're the nevertheless people. Everything's great. Everything's as God said it was going to be. Oh, but nevertheless, you know, we're not going to be able to get in there. The people are too strong. You know what we saw? We saw giants. These children of Anak. These three big men. They were giants, and they, they appear to be the only giants there. But this is not, That's not what they said. The whole place is teeming with big men. They live in these big cities. And you know, we only looked like grasshoppers. They they were going against what God had said. God had said, go in and possess the land. But they said, oh, it's flowing with milk and honey. Oh, nevertheless, we looked like grasshoppers in their sight. They were bringing God down to the level of them being like grasshoppers. In my humble opinion, those who can see all the good points, you know, we, we say go and trust God live by faith the Bible tells us to live by faith to live not by, by sight but to walk by faith that's what the Bible tells us to do and these people were saying ah oh, but you know we have to be practical we, ha- we can't just go off and, and, and accept God's word we've seen these giants let's be practical about it and you know we come up against that in church work and in Christian things so often we feel that it's the right thing for her to do, but then the people come and they say, we have to be practical. You know, Gladys Aylward came up against this, didn't she? When she was going to be a missionary. She, she knew that God had called her to be a missionary. She went around the missionary societies. Oh, she would no proper training. You know, nothing like that. You have to be practical. And she was one of the greatest missionaries we've ever had but if she hadn't obeyed God, if she'd been practical, there were a whole lot of nevertheless people on the boards that she went to. It, you know, it, it, we come across it so often, and we need to be very careful. They'd searched out the land, if I could just find my place here. They had sorted out where they were going, and these people were still, nevertheless, They were saying in their humble opinion it would be foolish to go up and attack these people. God had said go up and attack but they said they're giants and you know that's the way we should be very careful that we don't have giants what giant is stopping us putting our faith completely and totally in God and you know things got out of hand nearly here but there was one man, one man, and it was Caleb. Caleb is one of the great characters in the Old Testament. Caleb had gone up and he'd looked around and he'd seen the giants, he'd seen the walled cities, he'd seen everything. But he came back and these men were, were saying, that, Oh, these giants were there and the walled cities were there and all. It's, it, Caleb said, Listen. Forget about all that. We'll go up straight away. We're wasting our time. Let's go up straight away and go in and attack. Here's what he says. And Caleb stilled the people. See, these chaps were bringing back an evil report about the land. And he stilled the people. And he said, let us go up at once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. We're well able to overcome it. You see, Caleb believed God. These other men didn't trust God. Caleb was believing in faith that God would help them. These other men were looking at all the difficulties. They saw the giants. We used to sing that chorus. Twelve men went to spy in Canaan. Ten were bad, two were good. What did they see to spy in Canaan? Ten were bad, two were good. Some saw the giants great and tall. Some saw the grapes in clusters fall. Some saw that God was in it all. Ten were bad and two were good. Some could see, Joshua and Caleb could see that God had said the land was theirs. But the the other ten... They saw the giants. They saw the difficulties. They saw that they were the nevertheless people. Caleb, it says, silenced the people. And they listened to Moses. And you know what Moses had said to them? If you look back in Deuteronomy 1 20 and 30, this is what Moses said Do not be in dread or afraid of them. The Lord your God who goes before you will himself fight for you. Just as he did for you in Egypt before your eyes, which yet they did not give credit to, though they had heard what he had to say. Moses said, the Lord your God who goes before you, he'll fight for you. And you know, that's what we have to get into our heads. Who is on the Lord's side? Who will serve the king? If we trust God, he will go before us and he'll be with us in all of life's difficulties. Caleb said, I've been there as well. I've heard enough. What are we waiting for? Let's go up and attack. He, he could see that they were wasting their time arguing. When God had said, we'll be able to overcome it. He said, we are able to go overcome it. The other people said, we are not able to overcome Because they could see the giants. And then in verses thirty-one and thirty-two we we'll see what happened. They said, Caleb said, We are able. These men said, But the men that went up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And you know, they were true. They what they said was true. We are not able. They weren't able because they didn't put their faith and trust in God. Unless God was going with them. They wouldn't have been able to attack that land. They wouldn't have been able to possess that land. But they said, We are not able to go against the people. For they are stronger than we are. And they brought up an evil report of the land. Which they had searched. It brought this evil report. And there's more to it than just that. Do you know what that evil report meant? It meant a whispering report. A whispering report. It's like we had a few weeks ago, the murmurers, the people who murmured amongst themselves. They not only said this in the open, but they whispered about all the problems. There's no way we're able to get up there. You can imagine all the whispering that was going on in the background. Oh, that man Caleb, he doesn't know what he's talking about. He didn't see the giants that we saw. You can imagine it all going... And, you know, their report was distorted. They said, it's a fruitful land, all right, nevertheless. It's a land that swallows up its own people. It's not healthy. Those people aren't healthy. They don't live a long time. And and if it does that to them, what will it do to us, who are strangers? You can imagine all the difficulties that they, they started bringing to the floor. And they said, we saw the giants we're just like grasshoppers they didn't have a big view of their God their God wasn't, wasn't included in their thinking we'll see next week how I, the, the whole story unfolds but you know what was the basic problem there was a basic problem here with the, the spies going in to the land there was a basic problem and that's what I want to look at just for a few minutes If we go back to Exodus 33 and verse 13 and 14. It says. Now therefore I pray thee. Moses talking to God. If I have found grace in thy sight. Show me now thy way that I may know thee. That I may find grace in thy sight. And consider that this nation is thy people. He said. I want to know the way Lord. It was a time of a decision. That Moses was having this discussion with God. And God said to him. My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. He had this assurance. Moses knew that God was going with him, and that they would rest eventually in the land of Canaan. In Exodus 3 verse 8 it says, I am come to deliver them, the children of Israel, out of the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them out of that land unto a good land, And a large land. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey. Unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And again in verse 17 he says. And I have said I will bring you out of the affliction of Egypt. Unto the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and all the rest of them. Unto a land flowing with milk and honey said that he would bring them out of Egypt into a land flowing with milk and honey. Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 8 he says I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers Abraham, Isaac and Jacob to give unto them and to their seed after them. In fact, the Hebrew says, that has been given. God was telling them that the land was already theirs. They hadn't gone into it yet, but he says, it's already yours. And they came to this place called Kadesh Barnea, and that was just at the entrance to the land of Canaan. And God said, go in and possess it. It's yours. I've already given it to you. Go in and possess it. Look forward to Deuteronomy because it's an interesting, it's Moses talking at the end, uh, at the uh, start of chapter 8. Deuteronomy 8 and verse 7. For the Lord thy God bringeth thee to a good land, a land of brooks of water, of fountains and depths that spring out of valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of oil, olive and honey, a land wherein thou shalt eat bread without scarceness, thou shalt not lack anything in it, a land whose stones are iron, and out of whose hills thou mayest dig brass. Go in and possess it, it's your land, I've already given it to you. And in Chapter 1 of Deuteronomy verse 19. There are a few verses I'll read. And when ye, we departed from Horeb we went through all that great and terrible wilderness. Which ye saw by the way of the mountains of the Amorites. And the Lord of God, your God commanded us. And we came to Kadesh Barnea. Moses is describing what happened here. And I said unto you, Ye are come unto the mountain of the Amorites. Which the Lord our God doth give unto us. They came to this place and Moses said, this is it. We just have to go in and possess the land which the Lord has already given us. And I said unto you, behold, the Lord thy God hath set the land before thee. Go up and possess it as the Lord God of thy fathers hath said unto thee. Fear not, neither be discouraged. Moses got the people out He says, the promised land, we're on our way. God says go in and possess it. Are you all ready? And ye came unto me. Every one of you. This is very sad. Moses had said. The land is there. We are going in to possess it. But a deputation arrived. From all the tribes. We. Will send men. Before us they said. And they shall search out the land. The land and bring us word again by what way we must go up and into what cities we shall come Moses said the Lord has given us the land this deputation arrived I think we better send in spies to check out what oh, were they checking out they were checking out what God had said God had said I'm giving you a land flowing with milk There's going to be you're going to eat food, bread that the grapes, the pomegranates it's a beautiful land I have it all planned for you we better check up and see whether God is telling us the truth and that's why it was never God's plan it was never in God's idea that they would send in spies God had already said that land is yours I've already given it to you go up and possess it but they said No, I think we better check up and see whether God is telling the truth or not. We better send in spies. God never intended the children of Israel to send in spies. He says, go and possess it. And Moses had to reluctantly agree. In verse Deuteronomy 9, 23, we have it all repeat again. When the Lord sent you from Kadesh Barnea, saying... Go up and possess the land which I have given you. Then ye rebelled against the commandment of the Lord your God, and ye believed him not, nor hearkened unto his voice. Ye have been rebellious against the Lord from the day that I knew you. I often pity Moses. They were constantly in rebellion against God. He says, from the first day I knew you, you've been rebelling against God. And he said, God said, go up, but you rebelled. God told them to go forward in faith, but they doubted him. You know, God is wonderful. You thought God says, well, forget about it, they needn't go into the land, just wipe them off. No, he permitted them to send spies. He said to Moses, well, go ahead, send the spies. And the land but their hearts were not right with God and they rebelled they brought back a report and they said we came back the land flows with milk and honey but nevertheless the people are too strong for us it was a complete waste of time they came back and said the land is flowing with milk and honey but God had already said that God said that the land was going to be theirs know we need to be careful. Satan will come and make us start looking at the practical things instead of walking by faith and not by sight. Nevertheless of Satan comes in so often into our lives. God says trust me, do my will. That's not practical. Beware of the nevertheless of Satan, of doubting God. We should walk by faith and not by sight. You know, this was the problem with Israel all through their lives. They couldn't get round the idea that God had said that he would always be there and his presence was with them. They wanted to see things. They wanted practical things. And you know, you and I can be got like that. We want to see practical things instead of walking by faith you know if you go over to Samuel first Samuel chapter 8 we have an interesting story First Samuel chapter 8 and verse 19 chapter 8 and 19. Uh, go back to 18 and ye shall cry out in that day because of your king which ye shall have chosen the Israelites wanted a king why did they want a king? because they wanted to be like the people round about them God had led them through the wilderness brought them into the land of Canaan they had judges and various people looking after them but the the people round about had kings and they said we want a king we want to be like the rest of the people. And that is the problem with us as Christians. We want to be popular. We want to be like the rest of the people. But you know we, we're different. We should be different. Because our citizenship is in heaven. We're heaven bound. We're not earth bound. And what happens? Nevertheless. Nevertheless. Here we are again. Nevertheless. The people refuse to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nay, but we will have a king over us. We want the king, like everybody else. Samuel had said, God was, his presence was with you. No, nevertheless. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel. And they said, nay, but we will have a king over us. That we may also, may be like all the nations. And that our king may judge us. And go out before us and fight our battles. They wanted a king. They wanted to be like the people round about. Make sure that's not our attitude. We, we should be different. Because our king is the Lord Jesus. We're not like the people round about us. And make sure that's not one of the neverthelesses. You see, the thing about it is, of course, the sad thing about this is that God knew this was going to happen. God knew that they would, that this is the way it would turn out. If you go way back to Deuteronomy 17... He says, when you come into the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall possess it, and shall dwell therein, and shall say, He said, I'm going to bring you into this beautiful land. But you know what's going to happen? When you get into that land, and this is years and years before, God said, you shall say, I will set a king over me, like as all the nations that are about me. Let us make sure that we do not want to behave and be like the people round about us. God said before they even went into the land, he said, I know what's going to happen. When you get into this land, you're going to rebel against me. You're going to want a king. And you know, if you read that story in in Samuel, Samuel was very cut up. Samuel was really, he, he went to God and he says, these people have rejected me. God says, No, no, don't, don't. It's not that Samuel, they rejected me. That was the tr- crooks. The heart wasn't right with God. Let us be careful as to our, our doctrine, what we believe, and all the rest of it, that we don't turn out like the people of the nations round about us. Let's not be like the nations round about us. In, in, in our church doctrine, don't let us just. Go along with things because it's the popular thing to do. Search the scriptures and test things. Time is really gone. I was going to, going to uh, talk a little bit about Gideon. Gideon put out fleeces. I, I, God had said to him, You're going to, you're going to be uh, uh, get rid of the, the bondage in which the, the enemy has the children of Israel. You're going to be the man. You're the man for it. He didn't really believe it. He said to God, give me a sign. And you know, he put out the bit of wool. One time the wool was wet and the ground was dry. The next time the the ground was wet and the wool was dry. He didn't need to do that because God had already said to him, you're the man. You're the man. Let's put our faith and trust completely and totally in God. You know, people like signs. They even came to Jesus. Some of the, the when he was walking through Galilee, preaching and doing wonderful miracles, these people came up to him and said, "We want to, we want a sign. Give us a sign that you're the person you say you are." And he says, "No, I'm not going to give you a sign. In fact, the only sign I'm giving you is the sign of of Jonah, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the whale. So the Son of Man is going to be crucified, dead, three days and three nights." It's the only sign we gave. You see, we all want tangible evidence. But that's not the way the Christian life works. We walk by faith and not by sight. It's a spiritual walk. You know, the sad thing about it, God graciously allowed Moses to send the spies out with disastrous results which we'll see next week and they left K-Barnia just on the edge of the promised land just ready to walk in they turned went back into the wilderness it was 38 years before they got back to Kadesh Barnea to start their journey into the promised land again they had all that waste waste of time oh let us not waste our time for the Lord let us make sure we take his word to trust him completely that we don't end up like the children of Israel going round in circles for 40 years before they got into the promised land, let us trust God and walk by faith and not by sight. Amen.